We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hulk Strongest, is Tyree eligible to come back? And would you like to see him see them use him more? Uh, yes and yes. Yeah, agree. Go I ahead, think, Vince. Explain. Yeah, no, I, I think for this one, he well, is eligible. Quick, the first part, the COVID year is why he's eligible. Yes, but he's, now he's, he's 100% eligible part. to come back. And I think with the the wide receiver uh, experiment that that he is he is in the middle of, I think if you can get two years under your belt and really show some progress – from this year to next year that would be huge for him moving forward right I, especially if if he has you know desires to play at the next level or whatever uh, and maybe he doesn't want to play at the next level you, you can come back if you want you know whatever but if you're trying to prove to people that you can be a slot receiver at the next level then I think coming back is very very important because right now it's an ex- it's still in the experimental stage right I mean he's still learning on the job and so if he has this season and then all of offseason, and then another season under his belt, now he's a slot receiver. He's not a running back turned receiver. Correct. And so I think that's what's most important for Chris Tyree. Now, for Notre Dame, it just makes them that much deeper. He's a veteran presence, you know, in that room. You know, he's all of those things as well that can help the wide receiver room. Because, look, we, we all believe that the wide receiver room is talented, but it's still very, very young. Right. And mm-hmm. so if you bring back Chris Tyree for another year, now you have that veteran presence. You have his talent, you know, that ability to take the top off the defense, you know, all of those things. And then he helps bring along some of those younger guys. I don't see a negative Mm-mm. in bringing back Chris Tyree personally. I, I think it's positive the whole way around for both player and team because you have to look at it both ways. Right. It can't just be one sided, it can't be what's best for the player. And, or what's just best for the team. It has to right. be, I, but I think both benefit in this particular case. And so I'd be very disappointed if he doesn't come back next year. Agree. I think he brings some that they don't have and yeah. won't have next year. Yeah. Could you imagine Chris Tyree and Cam Williams being on the field at the same time at times next saying, year? man. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. But, and like, I know he's a senior, Vince, but I think you nailed it. Like, yes, he's a senior, but he has a chance to make more growth going into a fifth. Like, usually I say fifth-year seniors, you are what you are. Sure. Right. Like Howard Cross coming back next year is not about maybe he can improve his game and get drafted higher. It's just 
dude, you are who you are as a draft prospect. You got a chance to come back and be a part of something special as a team or whatever. You may have some career goals or whatever. It's not about, you know, he's not going to grow three inches and all that. Right. But like you said, though, in Chris's situation, Vince, he's got a lot more to He's got a lot of growing to do because he is doing something new. Because he's basically like a true freshman as far as what a wide receiver is. You know what yeah. I mean? As far as this right. position. I mean, true freshman you know? in high school. I mean, yeah, he's never right. played the position before. Right. Yeah. Right. So another I, year of growth, man, could be yeah. huge for him. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this one. Irishman seven one one four. Brian, you can tell us if Vince is a paid actor. We won't judge. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vince I is, mean, you know, Vince is paid and he's a character. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, you know, no, he's not. He's not a paid actor. He's no, a, what you what you see is what you get. Let me tell you easily, easily, <laughs> easily. Like I, I kind of like to think that that I have my, I, I, I try to be myself as much as I can publicly. But there's a lot of things that, that about who I am that I don't. I mean, it's just my family knows, you know. But it's like, but with Vince, I mean, truly, this is Vince, right, y'all. I mean, this is Vince, and it's, it's why I love true. him, and it's why y'all love him. So that's true. Um, that was very well. And and Vince at first wasn't getting paid. That's true None of too. us were. Neither that's of us were. It was like, okay, let's make this. I, what's going on? I, I did quit a very lucrative for me for a part-time gig, a very lucrative job at BGI to come over with you. You, you kind of quit three jobs. Really? That's also very true. Because you quit um, the other two side pieces that you had going on as well. This is true. So, and, but yeah. I believed in what we were going to do. And there is something about quality of life as yeah. well. And I, I love doing this and the quality of life was great. And it's wonderful when you can get paid to do something that you really enjoy. And when you enjoy the people that you work yeah. with and all of that stuff. So, yeah. um, and now yeah. it's, it's also <clears throat> Sean because Sean is someone yes. you've known for a long time. Oh well. yeah. You, you've actually yeah. known Sean longer than you've known me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's both. And and now you are making more than you made at those part-time jobs. So end up working out really well. <laughs> Some of these, you know, young people, this is my advice to you. Be willing to work for free. I know that we're in this era now where young people feel like if I'm going to do something, I deserve to get paid for it. Oh, okay, fine. You just limited yourself a lot of opportunities because yeah. I've done things for free. Vince has done things for free because I know my talent. I just need to get in the door. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just need to get in the door. My first coaching job, I didn't make a dime. Right. My lost money. Cause whenever I had to go do film drops, they wouldn't give me gas money. I did. I did my parents basically paid my salary that first year to help me out, right? But I knew if I get my foot in the door to program like that, I'm going to be able to go turn this into a career. Yeah. And I did. And the same thing, you know, with, with with other different things, Vince. And so, like, you knew, hey, like, yeah, I, I do believe there's going to be a reward down the road. But, man, I believe in what we're doing here. I believe in what yeah. what Brian is doing. And 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 I, I hope that you appreciate the fact that I that I did respect your, your opinions and your voice. And even when you mm-hmm. were just a sounding board to just let me – yeah, I mean, because we've had some conversations where Vince will just listen, and then it, it, he'll just kind of laugh at me because I I'll have walked through the entire problem and come to my he's like, okay, we're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, but having that is like really great because if I do say something, Vince's like, no, I don't, I don't know, if that's gonna work. Yeah, he'd be one to say it. So uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. It has been, been. and like I said, I I just want to reiterate. I said I left a lucrative position. I was getting paid good money to do what Brian was doing at BGI, mm-hmm. but I was dying because of the amount of work that it was. And it wasn't even my primary job. Obviously yeah. I was a teacher and all of that. And, and in order to put out that the magazine that they do every week, which, which is a great magazine. I, I think it's, it's really great and it's awesome. But to meet those deadlines, man, I wasn't sleeping. 
and trying to write and trying to do all of those things, my quality of life was not great, right? And it was good money. It was awesome for a part-time job, but my quality of life was bad. I knew coming over with you, with Brian, and and doing everything and enjoying it. Now, can you work for free forever? Of course not. But I had faith in what we were doing, and it wasn't my primary job. It wasn't the job where I had benefits, right? That was taken care of. So my family was taken care of. But in this regard, it was, it was a, yeah, I took a chance, but my quality of life was so much better because Brian understood I'm talking about you in the third person, but you understood. I'm right here. Yeah, I know, right? You understood like what my family dynamic was, what my time commitment situation was and all of that. And then also I just love who I work with and, and all of that. So it was an easy decision uh, looking back on it. But at the time it was, a you know, we were taking a chance, right? But mm-hmm. don't regret a second of it. Not a second. Well, I'm sure glad. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We do have some super chats down here, Vince. So we'll get to a few of these here real quick. Nathan Milton, thanks for the super chat. Top five most unlikable current college football head coaches. Only five, well, huh? I mean, okay. for me, uh, Lincoln Riley, Dan Lanning, our Jim Harbaugh. I mean, those are the ones that just really pop. You know, I used to not like Kirby, but he's grown on me. Yeah. He's grown on me because I've realized like that's just kind of who he is. He's just kind of mm-hmm. like like just like he's a confident guy. He's not yeah. he's not a jerk. He just he speaks his mind, and I kind of appreciate that a little bit. Those three are at the top are certainly on my list as I as I think through some others. Vince uh, Hugh Freeze just because I think he's a phony fraud. You know, portrays the whole Christian guy as he's like using the company card to you know set up rendezvous. Uh, so he he's in that. I'm trying to think of who my other five would be. Oh, Brian Kelly. Uh, I was gonna say Pat Narduzzi. He's got to be up there. Yeah, yeah. If so, so 
if you just yeah he's in that it's hard to only do five that's what i'm saying i, I knew there was a that, list for you let's take out hugh freeze just because like his his unlikableness is for a different reason he's actually okay. comes across as a very likable guy it just i just he's just a fraud but as far as unlikable those that's my five what about the the uh minnesota coach he's not unlikable he's just a idiot and he's just a, <laughs> he's just a clown. I mean, he's not an idiot he's a clown yeah like, there you he's go a clown yeah like, he's not even unlikable it's just he's 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 like, a caricature yeah. like i don't like yeah. that's yeah, it's I'm all phony yeah like, exactly. it's all phony like he's not I mean unlikable like when he talks and things like that i mean he just he's just a he's just a it's all fake it's just very fake i don't know that i would call him unlikable sure and my my thing with pj fleck I'm, i dislike him for a lot of things that don't having to do with football Okay. And I'll just leave it at that. Okay. But more so, the other issue, part of the issue was I just couldn't believe, I just was tired of the, the hype. Like, he had got yeah. one good year at Western yeah. Michigan. And then everybody yeah. acts like he's the second coming. And I'm like, man, Urban Meyer turned Bowling a Green around day one. Day one. It went from two and 10 to eight and three in one year. You know, and so, you know, it took him four years to get Western Michigan going. So, all right. Let's reverse it. Your five most likable head coaches. Oh, okay. That's that's interesting one. Um, you know, I, let's leave Marcus Freeman out of it because I think he'd be on both of our. Yeah, lists. I, you know, I I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, but because I, I think I I, I, li- I really like Steve Sarkeesian. I do, uh, and not just because of his, what he does offensively. I just I don't know. He just I I don't I just root for him. I think he's a kind of seems like a kind of a genuine guy when he comes up with slogans, you're just kind of like, that's just kind of who he is. You know what I mean? Like the, the, was it the, the no breaks all gas. And you're like, yeah, that's pretty much how Steve Sarkeesian lives his life and how he coaches football. I mean, that, that fits him. The whole row, the boat thing is a marketing ploy by a guy to build something to make himself where Sark is like, this is who we are. This is who I am. This is, you know, this is kind of where we're at. So, I mean, he's in that conversation uh, as I'm just kind of thinking through like by conference of guys that I just think are really likable uh, guys that I really like. And you could probably throw Steve Scott Satterfield into my unlikable category as well. Uh, Duke, uh, Mike Elko to me, yeah, but I don't, I don't know one. that Mike Elko portrays himself as likable. I haven't watched a lot of his press conferences. I just, I know him personally and right. I'm a big fan of him. I think he does a great job. I know he cares about young people. Like he, that's why like, people say he's definitely going to take the AM job. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Like, I, I think Mike Elko likes the idea of being somewhere where the mission of coaching still matters. Sure. You know, where, yeah, I want to win games and do all that, but it's still about affecting young people. And, and I've always <laughs> felt that he was that kind of guy. Just trying to think through. I, I'm a big I, fan I, of As I'm thinking, oh, Dave Clawson, it, okay. to me, is, a, is, is, I don't know that I'd say he's likable. He's actually not over, he's kind of gruff. I think he's a heck of a football coach. So take him off that list because he's not. It's not so much likable. It's just it's a really good football coach. Chuck um, Martin. Yeah, yeah, old Chuck. The fight I'm Martins. Big, yeah, I'm a big fan of Chuck Martin, yeah. and I think Sonny Dykes. I, you know what? I also one. like the fact that Chuck Martin has like found his niche. Yeah. at Miami of Ohio, like he could have yeah. left. I'm sure he could have left numerous times for a higher job. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he's had a lot of success down there. Yeah, but he's like, probably going to get fired. But Tom Allen. Very likable coach. Very likable coach. Very good guy. Very good man. Very likable coach. I'm trying to think of anybody um, else off the top of my head. And there's a lot of new coaches that I don't know. I don't know anything sure. about like a lot of these first-year guys. Um, SEC. I, oh, um, Kalen DeBoer. 
just strikes me as kind of a real humble, just no nonsense kind of guy. Just comes across as very likable. I, I like what he's doing. Uh, you know what, Josh Heupel. Like I have a hard time not liking Josh Heupel. He's just kind of this. He's just kind of like a nerdy, you know, football guys kind of chunky, which you know I can appreciate former quarterbacks that get chunky. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, but. uh it just I don't know, man. Like I don't know what it is. It's just I, I I have a hard time disliking him. Just like it's just how he is. Like you listen to the talk, he's got like a little bit of a lisp. You know, it's just like I don't know. He just he he doesn't throw players in the bus. I, there's just something about Josh Heupel that just I kind of like. I mean, just as a guy, I don't you know know that I yeah. would necessarily was a, a great coach yet. He's he's done, doing some nice things, but he just comes across as a good guy. And then the last one for me is. I just remember sitting there in, in, in the uh, press room after Notre Dame had just pounded Syracuse in 2018 and watched the class with which Dino Babers went through that press conference. I was like, dude, this guy, I don't know what kind of head coach this guy is, but this guy is a first-class dude. So Dino would be another one. Dino Babers is another guy you just kind of root for and uh, and hope he can figure it out. Because I've just i been in a lot of post-game press conferences with opponents coaches and Dino handled that as about as I mean stood up he didn't make excuses and he he praised Notre Dame and uh you know it, it, it I, I I like Dino Babers I'm a big Dino Babers guy just, I, not as a coach but just as a as a sure. dude so that's my list of likable coaches I I'm gonna get some flack for this one and he's not even a head co- coach anymore in college football but I just he this guy is somebody that I enjoyed disliking because he was the head coach of a rival. But I just love his energy, and it's Pete Carroll. I, I and I know again that's going to be that's probably going to throw some people you know, for a loop. It's the off the field stuff that bothered me about Pete, but on the that. field, Pete was likable. Yes. I just and press I love conferences, his, Pete was likable. Yeah, man, just seeing a lot of those post game press conferences when he would come to Notre Dame and all of that. I don't know. I just, I was just like, oh. you know what? I, is it this Vince? He always, even when they, because he never lost to Notre Dame. I mean, he, well, he did first year. He lost to Bob Davies first year and then just dominated the rest of the way. Yeah. I always felt like Pete showed reverence to Notre yes. Dame and the rivalry, even though he Absolutely. dominated. I mean, they blew Notre Dame out almost every year. He always seemed to have a little bit of respect and reverence for the rivalry and the game. And, and, um, you know, those yes. I, I could be off on that. That just was always my kind of my impression. And I just love his energy on the sideline, even to this yeah. day. He's like in his seventies and he's running around, he's jumping in his around. 70s? Wow, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm almost positive he's in his low seventies. Um, you have to seventy two. Yeah, wow. there you go. So, I didn't like, realize he was that old. Yeah, for the so, exact I mean, reason that you just talked about. I mean, yeah, so much energy on the sidelines, and even in the NFL, like you just don't see that in the NFL. You know what I mean? He's yeah. he's kind of a college coach, coaching the NFL, and obviously had success. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just always kind of had an affinity for Pete Carroll. Yeah, there you so, go. There that's you interesting. Go. Yeah, you're gonna catch some flack for that one. I know, and that's okay. No I probably deserve There's it. No doubt. All right, Tyler Evans with the super chat. Thank you very much. Do you believe Iowa should have won the game? I'm still not sure of what the rule is, so I can't say I just, yes or no. Yeah, I, I, like I don't like, feel like I don't feel like that should have been blown. I don't feel like that should have been considered a signal. But right. I don't know what the rule. I don't. Right. I've heard some officials say if you show any kind of movement. I've heard others say no. That's not exactly how. It's like anything that's a movement up here. Yes, but he was like, right. you know, he was telling away. everybody to get away from the ball. Right. Like right. So that, I, I I just yeah. don't know enough about the specific the actual rule. But my my inclination is to say yes, they should have won. 
that should not have been blown that way right. or ruled that way. But I, I can't say that definitively because I just have to, I need to talk to somebody that's sure. a little bit more, you know, because I've heard of different officials on TV say it differently. Yeah. About whether I, or not what the rule specifically is. I guess my issue is if, like you said, if, if it's any wave of the arm is a fair catch, then okay. They they called it right. Mm-hmm. But if it's not that specific of a rule and it needs to be over the head or whatever, I hate the fact that the officials called that back mm-hmm. on what is potentially a judgment call through replay. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. because that was, there was no flag thrown to my knowledge and everybody thought they, they didn't were going play the blow, They didn't blow the play dead when he started no. to run. No. So there was no flag thrown. I thought they were going to replay to see if he stepped out of bounds, which he clearly did not. And so I don't like the fact that they can go back and on a judgment call, bring the ball back. Like, that's what I didn't like. It'd be like going to replay and be like, oh, wait, that was pass interference. Like, no, that needs to be called on the spot, right? Or, you know, oh, I see a hold there as I'm looking at replay. I just, I didn't like the fact that the officials had the even the opportunity to go back and find something that was not called live and in person you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't think that's why they went to replay i thought they went to replay to check out a bound now maybe i'm wrong but i don't know it just felt like they were looking for something to call that back and that's what i had the biggest issue with that's fair that's fair t d d brammy for that's todd brammy i think it's okay that is all right is what that's supposed to mean that works i could be wrong but yeah. well not likely we could potentially have five undefeated conference champs who gets left out of the playoff. I tend to lean towards Ohio or Oklahoma or Florida. Yeah. State. Oklahoma or Florida state. If there's five, I mean, Florida state, I don't know that Florida state gets left out. I think it depends on who the champs of the different conferences are. I, I think I'd lean towards Oklahoma because you'd basically have your, your own, your entire resume is built on two wins over Texas. Yeah. That's it. I mean, they, the rest of their schedule, and it's not their fault. The Big Twelve, the Big Twelve's down this year. It's just a, not a good year in the league. And uh, you know, I just uh, I think of all the resumes because you you so so Oklahoma's resume in this scenario, Vince would like I said, two wins over Texas, which then drops Texas's lower. Their non-conference wins are over, and this is where they they do deserve fault. Is the Big Twelve is usually better than this, but there are their non-conference was Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa. I mean that that that's that, and you've got ugly win over Cincinnati. You've got an ugly win over SMU. You got an ugly win over UCF. The rest of their schedules: Kansas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, BYU, and TCU. None of those that's, teams are ranked. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you look at Florida State, for example, again, this is why I don't see how you could justify having Florida State out. If Florida State runs a the table, they will have beaten L- a very good LSU team. They will have beaten Clemson on the road. They will have beaten a ranked Duke team. They will have beaten Miami, and they will have beaten an SEC team in Florida who spent part of the year ranked. And then they'll have to win a, a game against, you know, right now probably North Carolina, who will be yeah. ranked if, if, if you know, they're in the yeah, SEC those game. So, resumes aren't even comparable. Much better resume. Much better right. resume. And, and if LSU wins out, which is possible, and then loses to George in the SEC title game, they're still probably going to be ranked higher than a two-loss Texas team at that point in time because they'll have beaten Bama, they'll have beaten Texas A&M. I mean, they'll 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 be ranked higher in my opinion. So, agreed. Uh, it, Washington's definitely in if they're undefeated because they'll have beaten so many ranked teams. Ohio, Ohio State, State Michigan, or Michigan. Or Michigan will 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 be on will have 
if they're undefeated, they'll have beaten Penn right. State and Michigan. And then if it's Ohio State, they've got a case for the number one seed if they right. go undefeated because they will have beaten Notre Dame, they will, who I think will be a top 10 team. They'll have beaten Penn State, who will be a top 15 team. They'll have beaten Michigan, who's probably a top 10 team. Mm-hmm. And then whoever comes out of the West, which right now looking like it might, it's probably going to, right now looks like it's going to be Wisconsin, at least. Based on where the standings are right now, I believe Wisconsin yeah. is uh, is the leader in the West. They've only got one conference loss because their second loss was to Washington State. Everybody else has two losses in conference. So right now, Wisconsin, although Wisconsin has to play Ohio State, they may be, have to beat Wisconsin twice because I believe Ohio State and Wisconsin play this weekend or next weekend. Is it this oh. weekend that Ohio State and Wisconsin play? Let me look at their schedule. Hold on a second. They play, uh, let's see here, Duke to Notre Dame. I'm backtracking through to the, the they play Wisconsin on October 28th, which is this okay. Weekend. So they play this weekend and then they may have to play them again in the big, uh, big 10 title game. Cause sure. The, their rest of their schedules at Indiana home against Northwestern home against Nebraska at Minnesota. That, those are all winnable games for Wisconsin. Uh, sure. So, you know, if they're nine and three, they're going to have two conference losses. I think they're in. So, um, that would be my my two cents on that. I, I yep. think Oklahoma by far has the worst. Oh, I mean, you're not, and you're not. And, and honestly, the worst resume of all of them is going to be Georgia. I mean, honestly, because if if Texas has if Oklahoma has two wins over Texas, that's still two better wins than anything Georgia will do until the SEC title game. And even then, who knows what the SEC West champ is going to look like? I mean, Georgia's, but you're not leaving the def- an undefeated defending national exactly. two time champ because they're going to be they're going to be number one. Like they're right. literally going to be ranked right. number one. They're not going right. to drop to five. Right, you know, if they're yeah. undefeated, Correct. and again, it's it may not be fair, or whatever, but that's just that's reality. But the the rule that you have, and I don't disagree it's with not, it, is that you're exactly. the champ until you're not the champ. Yeah. Like, and, and the so, difference, the yeah. difference in Georgia and Michigan is Georgia had a game scheduled, and I can't remember who it was against. It was against somebody pretty good. And that team backed out, mm-hmm. whereas Michigan had Washington scheduled this year, and they backed out. Or was it UCLA? It was either it was either Washington or UCLA, and they backed out. Michigan backed out. And chose to go the route they went, where Georgia really? intended to play somebody really good out of conference, and then that other team had to back out for different reasons. And interesting, okay. And, and so that that's the difference. And I'm trying to remember who. Wh- I'm trying to remember who backed out of the Georgia. I'm going to put see if this um, if this actually pops up. I want to see who who it was that they were they were supposed to play. Oklahoma is who they were supposed to play. So once Oklahoma joined the SEC that game got canceled. So since they're going to play, they're going to be in the same conference yeah, in the yeah. future. You try to play Oklahoma in the non-conference guys, and that right. game was scheduled before last year's debacle at Oklahoma. That game was scheduled when Oklahoma was a playoff team almost every year. So uh, where Michigan, they they backed out. They they backed out of that game, not the other way around. So I, I, I'll i give Oklahoma Georgia a little bit more of a pass. And it's not their fault that Tennessee's down, Florida's down. Sure. It's a little bit different. You know, so I'll give them a little bit more of a pass than I'm going to give Michigan in that regard. Anthony Solomon, Super Chat. Always nice to have the OG together. OG. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for everything, gentlemen. Well, appreciate you, Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. Nathan Milton with a Super Chat. How ridiculous are the amount of commercials during games getting? Is shaving time about player safety or more about inundating us with endless ads? Right. Because they're Second not one. really shaving time. Right, I mean, exactly. they're saying the average games are slower, but you know, I'll guarantee you what the reason for that is. It's because the games that are being played on like of the teams that don't matter 
are, are probably shorter. Right. But I'm looking, I'm looking all around and I'm looking at these games and I'm like, I don't know that I see anything different. I mean, Alabama this year, their games have been three between 304 to 406. The 406 was the the uh, weather game against South Florida. 311, 325, 304, 311, 318, 314, 325. Last year, to begin the season, 340, 332, 321, 315, 340, 327. So they're shaving off, what, 20 minutes for Bama, right? That's an example of one. There's been a couple where I've seen where they've shaved. But, like, then I look at Notre Dame and I look at other teams like Ohio State. I look at Michigan, and I don't see a whole lot of difference. Notre Dame this year, 250 for the Navy game. But after that, 308, 525, that doesn't count. 321, 316, 321, 322, 317. Last year, 315, 314, 319, 330, 259, 314, 322. Those are all the same. It's a lot of teams. So, like, there's a couple teams. Like, the, the, the uh, uh, I'll be willing to bet you that Navy's got a, a way lower one. So last year, Navy was 311, 321, 408, 307, 329, so forth and 408. so on. 408. Woo. Yeah. This year, Navy's like 250, 303, 309, 311. You know, so I'm not seeing huge differences between this year and last year. But you know what we are seeing? A crap load. And Vince, you and I called this from the beginning. You and I said they won't, they're not going to go less commercials. No way. They're not going to get rid of commercials. And, and they've doubled down. They're doing more commercials. Yes. It's even worse being at the game. Because you're Ugh. just like, are, are, are we stopping again? Like, it's what horrible. the freaking heck is going on? So, yeah, it uh, it's it was never, we said this, man, it was never about player safety. No. Nope. Ever about player safety. Because I, I looked, I actually did this the other day, and, I, and I'm, I'll do it again while we're talking, Vince, but if you look at the plays for game, like nationally, it's like a difference of like three. And I'm, yeah, I'm going to actually the, the pull big, this up. The big difference that everybody was expecting with the new clock rules, it's not really a thing. Right. I mean, I, I just haven't sitting at a game. I definitely haven't noticed a difference. Right. It's it's definitely less game time. Right. I mean, like the games are going quicker, but teams that want to run a lot of plays are just going faster. I mean, yeah. It's not really, it's not really changing anything. So I'm gonna actually go and and do this, Vince, while we're talking about something else. All right, so I'm gonna while we're answering other questions, I'm actually gonna go look at and and compare and see if I'm if I'm correct on that about uh, as far as like plays per game. Yeah, and just see what the difference is. Yeah, this season compared to last year. Now, part of that's gonna be we are talking like conference. You know, I mean we're we're going conference by conference. You know, some conferences are, are we're getting we're now getting into conference play. Sure, perhaps that changes things. I don't know. I don't I mean this is all still new stuff to to us. So yeah, we'll we'll find that out. But I'm gonna actually go and um, and look this up and see what see what it says. But we'll go ahead and move on to the next question. Then I'll come. I'll circle back when I have the data to make this point. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Brian Polensner, thank you very much for the Super Brandon. Chat. I said Brian, didn't I? Because I'm talking yes, to you. Yes, you did. Brandon. Yes, you did. Sorry, Brandon. My bad, dude. Uh, what is the deal with South Carolina? They are imploding. Man, that's a great question. I, I have no idea. It is wild, Vince. I don't know if you've had a chance to pay attention to all South Carolina. I have they're not. Just, they're a mess. And, like, their head coach breaks his foot kicking something after they lose to Florida. Oh, no. Are you serious? Well, you know, and I think part of it, too, is is what's my beef been with Shane Beamer? He's too emotional. Yeah. It's like it's too, he's too emotional. Like, like, you watch Brent Venables this year. He's still very talkative, very active, but he's calmed down. Like he's less demonstrative. He's a little bit more like, okay, dude, I need you to take it down a couple notches, right? Shane Beamer's flipping out on the sidelines, and and when you're that way, your team is going to be undisciplined, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and that's what's happening. And now I know they lost a lot of players, but you know, it. it the final piece too is, in their defense, they've played a really tough schedule so far. They played North Carolina on neutral field. They played at Georgia, led at halftime, beat Mississippi State at home, and their current losing streak is at Tennessee, home against Florida. They lost by two, and then at Missouri, who's a really good football team. So part of it's been their schedule has just been brutal. And but uh yeah, they're just they're not very good on offense and they're not very good on defense, and they're just they're a it's a <laughs> that's rough, a bad recipe. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough year, man. It's a that's really a bad, rough year. Bad it really recipe is. right there. Not good yeah, on offense, not good on defense. It, it ain't good, um, man. It ain't good. So good. yeah, it's uh it it's yeah, it's not good, man. It's not good. Sorry, I'm just uh typing up some of these numbers trying to put this this stuff together. But yeah, they're they're bad. And it I'm curious what's gonna do with their recruiting because they've actually recruited pretty well the last couple of years. Just, yeah. Yeah. Mike Farino with the Super Jet. Thank you very much. Josh Pate put it extremely well last night. Ryan Day has learned to win with defense in a way that Lincoln Riley refuses to even attempt. Well, Lincoln uh, Riley uh, is trying to do too much through the transfer portal. Well, that's part of it. I mean, here's my thing. I don't know. Like, I'll give Ryan Day credit to a degree because he made a hire that was designed towards hiring a, one of the best defensive coordinators in college yeah. football. We've talked Agreed. about that. And I, and I told Ohio state fans before last year, give it a year because it's not going to be pretty in year one, because that's the MO you'd look at his entire career. It's a very complicated defense takes time. And then I also give props to Jim Knowles for being willing to say, Hey, I don't have to scheme my, cause he always had to scheme his way to success because he had Duke players, right. Oklahoma state players. He's like, you know what? I don't have to scheme my way to success. I don't have to overthink this too much. And he's allowing him to just attack. And when they do then blitz, it's a lot more effective. Right. And he's just trusting his players a lot more, which is kudos to him. Having said that, I don't know that Ryan Day necessarily wants to win this way. I think Ryan Day doesn't want to beat Penn State 20 to 12. I think he wants to beat Penn State 40 to 12. You know what I mean? I don't think what they're doing offensively is out of necessity but I think he appreciates the value in being good on defense in a way sure. that Lincoln Riley absolutely does not. So in that regard, I do, do absolutely agree with that. I still don't think that Ryan Day necessarily wants to have a 10 point drop in scoring this year. Right. You know, 
Uh, I think he wanted to keep the offense where it was and then drop the defensive scoring and then really put teams away. Right. But it just goes to show that, as I've said all along, defense gets you to the show. It does. Offense wins you a championship. Well, the, unless yeah. you have a bad defense, and that's what's hurt Ohio State in two of it. Well, really, it's last three playoff appearances. It hurt them in 20, it hurt them last year because it couldn't make stops against Georgia. It hurt them in 20, where, you know, they, they, they ended up beating Clemson, but that was more about Clemson kind of imploding a little bit and then just got dominated by Alabama, gave up over 50. And then the, and the year before, it was a close game in 2016 or 2019. You know, that defense was great. That, that was one anomaly. Great year, almost beat Clemson. And then you look at their previous playoff appearance, it was all the way back in 2016. They lost 31 to nothing, right? So, like, it had been a minute since they had had that kind of defense. And then he realized, look, look, we got we to be able to stop, make stops, because that's how you beat Georgia. That's how you beat Bama's, yes, they're going to get their points, but you got to be good enough to make the stops when you need to make stops. Right. And that's that's what this team is doing. Like, you know, Notre Dame's second half against Ohio State was moving the ball up down the field on them until the last drive when they needed to make a stop. He made the right calls and they got the stops. That's what that's what won in the game. And and, you know, so, yeah, props to him. Lincoln Riley has never cared about that ever. Hmm. Lincoln Riley hmm. thinks he can just outsmart everyone and outscore yeah. everyone. Outscore that's him. what he thinks. And that's why he is always been not good against teams like this always right and um that that are well coached and physical they constantly struggle with constantly struggle with and that's why i've said all along lincoln riley is a great offensive mind one of the best in college football he's always been an overrated head coach and i've i pointed this out when he went to usc vince look at his results the further he got away from bob stoops Right, it's not a coincidence. He was at Oklahoma for five years. It's not a coincidence that his his last two years are the two years he didn't make the playoff. Not the first two, because he inherited a great situation from Bob Stoops. It's when oh, yeah. Bob Stoops' influence was gone. All of a sudden, Oklahoma's not a playoff team anymore. Right? I mean, so it's not a coincidence. It's not an accident. It's because of him. It's because of how he's building his team. And and so yeah, I give Ryan Day a lot of props for in that regard. He understands. Look, I got to hire somebody that can, and he hired someone that can run the defense. It's basically like a head coach on defense. Jim Knowles is like, you hire him and just say, go. go yep. See you on game go, day. No. Yep. Go do what you do. Right. And, right. and and that's that's smart because now Ryan Day can stay involved in the offense and and trust that hey, this guy knows how to run a, a, a staff. He knows how to run a defensive staff. He knows how to run practice. He knows how to do all that. Yeah. He'll let me know what's going on, but you hire someone that you say, Hey, I'm hiring you to do this job. I'm paying you a lot of money. Now go do it. So I can go focus over here. Sure. And it's, it's worked pretty well so far. It's why I've always Vince, you know, since I said, if you're going to beat Ohio state, beat them early. Cause once Ohio state gets kind of this thing going because, and it's why I had Ohio state as a playoff, even though I had them losing to Notre Dame, they almost did. I said them as a playoff team because I said, This defense is going to be different, and it is. It has been. Michael S., thanks for the super chat. Pitt Games Pit game has a feeling like last year's Stanford bad and with nothing to lose, and Hartman doesn't seem to use the play action. You'd think after the mesh, he's been adapt to play action, your view. I mean, Michael, you kind of write it like Sam Hartman's like checking out of play actions, right? He's, he's doing what he's being called. Right. Right. And so the the lack of play action has more to do with what's being called than it has anything to do with Sam Hartman. He doesn't seem to use it because it's not being called when he uses Chris Tyree it, touchdown was play action. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the, the early season we saw it against the Navy, the him threw that ball to Tobias. So I mean, you can't run play action if it's not called. Simple as that. So, yes, Jared Correct. Parker needs to do a little bit more of that, I, I think. We've talked about that. That's something that I'd like to see more of. We saw a little bit of it against USC. But, yeah, that has nothing to do with Sam Hartman. As far as last year's Stanford team compared to this year's Stanford team, I mean – Well, he's comparing sure. Pitt to – No, like I, Pitt yeah, to Pitt, I get that. I, I, okay. I don't I don't see it. I don't – I mean, last year's Stanford game had nothing to do with Stanford. It scored 16 points. That was right. about Notre Dame. That was about Notre Dame not wanting to be there that day. That was about Notre yep. Dame getting a false start on the first play of the game. Yep. False starts aren't because of the defense. Well, actually, this past week I saw a couple because – have you seen what defenses are doing now with the 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 um, substitutions? When offenses substitute, these up-tempo teams substitute, the defenses will run off their biggest player. Like you told yeah, me that. And so just, it takes longer. Takes time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the refs wait right there. You can't uh, do it. The, I mean, they're going to do something about that. But uh, you know there's going to be a rule change about that. But, um, but yeah, I just uh, – last – yeah, they're both bad with nothing to lose, but that has nothing to do with why Notre Dame lost Stanford last year. Notre Dame lost Stanford last year because Notre Dame didn't show up to play. That simple as that, Vince. Yep. It's not because of Stanford. Stanford scored 16 points. And so if Notre Dame loses to Pitt, it won't because it won't be because Pitt has nothing to lose. They didn't have anything to lose against Wake Forest either. And they lost to Wake Forest's third string quarterback. They haven't had nothing, they haven't had anything. They've, they've been playing not to lose for a while now, with nothing to lose for a while now. Since like week three. Yeah. And they still keep losing. The, the Louisville game is Yanami. Now, if Notre Dame just thinks that they're just going to roll the balls out there and win by 30, they're going to have nothing coming because Pitt is still going to play tough and physical. Sure. That is for certain. Pat Narduzzi team, no matter how bad they are, they are going to be physical. And you got to be prepared for that. But uh, yeah, that's that's where the similarities end, Vince. It's just they're both bad and they have nothing to lose. But it's it 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 no, it's it's about Notre Dame. And last year's Stanford game was about Notre Dame. I don't know. You, you thoughts on that? Pitt's not good enough to uh, dictate anything in that game. Right. It's going to be all about and, and neither Dame. was Stanford. Right. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. And that's how it's going to be. Honestly, three out of the next four games, the the teams aren't good enough to dictate what Notre Dame uh, wants to do. But if I'll Notre Dame doesn't show four. up, I'll, I'll say next four. I, I, mean, I was I was hedging good. my bets with Clemson, and I think They're Notre Dame good. is better than Clemson too. They are. But it's okay. To say. They are okay. If Notre Dame comes out to play like they are capable of playing, it doesn't matter what the other team wants to do. Like that they want to, you know, spoil something for Notre Dame or or, or they, you know, whatever the whatever adjective you want to use, whatever cliche you want to use, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If Notre Dame comes to play their game, they're 4-0 over the next five weeks because there's a buy in there. Plain and simple. Yeah. But if Notre Dame doesn't, any college football team can be any college football team if one of the teams doesn't want to be there. Right. So. Right. Yep. Good questions. And here, we've talked about this one before, but we'll, we'll get to that one again. Okay. We'll, we'll talk should, about it again. Hulk Strongest, should Notre Dame roll with its quarterbacks or go to the portal? It To me, and I don't know if this is the route that we've taken in the past, Brian, but this is the route that I'm going to take today. It honestly depends on what their feelings are about the quarterbacks that they have in-house. I think they go to the portal regardless. It just depends on what they go get in the portal. Are they looking for a starter or are they looking for a veteran for depth purposes that you know that you can go in and can be a game manager if something happens to your starter? Like, what 
is Notre Dame looking for in the portal? I personally think they go to the portal regardless. It just depends on what they're looking for. That's where I'm at. They need to go to the portal regardless for depth. They need a veteran depth guy that can like, like Ohio state got this year with Tristan Gebbia from Oregon state. He started games to pass Oregon state. There was no intention of him coming to Ohio state and battling for the starting quarterback job. None. It's your, the veteran you're the, you're going to help those young guys grow. Hunter Johnson did this at Clemson uh, a couple years ago. That was a lot two years ago, last year, one of those years when DJ was a young starter, They, they had no intention of bringing Hunter Johnson in to start or even compete for starting job it was but he's right. a veteran he'd started games at north yeah Clemson. it would be understood right when he got right. there that hey you're not competing right. for the starting job but we need your depth and we need your right uh, so you know your so you at the very experience. least you're yeah. at the very least going to need a guy like that in my right. opinion yep. now if they choose not to that's fine but you're you're running the risk of what if steve angeli decides he wants to not play after if he gets beat out by Kenny Minchie or CJ Card, and he does he transfer, right. now you're screwed. You have to After go that spring. Way. You got it, yeah. Because that and that's the thing. You're not going to find a you're not going to find a guy that can help you depth or otherwise after yep. spring. You're just not right. So you have to you have to make that decision in December, you know, and then move forward. Because you're right, it could be a Tyler Buckner situation right. where he decide like Steve. We're just saying Steve Angeli as a as an example, folks. So don't lose your minds. But like. What if one of them decides to leave after spring? They see the writing on the wall. They know they're not going to play. They could get an up or not another opportunity someplace else. But you have to have made that decision prior. Like you're just not going to find what you need right. after spring. It, you can you can find a depth piece after spring. You can go get some FCS kid, but it's harder. I, I'll also say this, Vince, about this conversation too is. The other part of it for me is if the right guy is out there, I, I take him. I mean, that that's the other part of it, too. Like, if, if there's a Riley Leonard out there, I take him. Or like I a do. Drake May or – Yeah, I mean, I'm just there's, like, names like, out the thing there. is there's just that just kind of guy I don't see being out there. Like, sure. you know, like guys that I would have taken this year, I won't take next year. I would have taken Hudson Card this year, flat out. I would have taken Tyler Van Dyke if he jumped in this year. I'd have taken Michael Pratt if he jumped in this year. I'm not taking any of those guys if they were to jump in next year. Like, and Michael Pratt, same thing. Michael Pratt's talented, but Michael Michael Pratt plays at a group of five level. I always get concerned about guys making that jump from group of five to power five. Sure. And and I just I just do. And when you look at his season, he's thrown for less than 200 yards in most of the games he's played. Completing 70% of his passes in the last few games, but he's not throwing the ball downfield. Okay, well. That's because they're just better than who they're playing. I, I don't know if that he, he moves the needle. If Riley Leonard jumps in, if I'm just trying to think of some other guys that may, you know, be that kind of guy. If there's some, I feel like the list is kind of short. It's real small. Yeah, it's real small. Like I, I'm just going to go to like the leading passers in college football right now and just kind of see if like there's anybody that would even jump into the mix. I mean, Drake May's going pro. I'm not looking at Cameron Ward. All due respect, I'm not. I'm not looking at him. Bo Nix is gone. I mean, like Caleb Williams ain't jumping in the portal. <laughs> I'm just, you know, Brady Cook's not jumping. Like, why would Brady Cook? Somebody said, would you look at Brady Cook? I'm like, yeah, I'd look at him. But why would he jump in the portal? He's a, he's in, on a top 25 SEC team in the right now. And it, like in an offense that he's throwing for more, about 50 more yards per game right now than Notre Dame starting quarterback is. Like, why why would he jump in the portal? Like, somebody brought up the tongue of Aloha kid. Heck no, I'm not looking at him. Like, that's not the kind of guy I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, a Malik Murphy. If a, a if Malik Murphy jumps in the portal, he's incredibly talented. 
I need a guy with experience, not a really talented guy with no experience. They're even going to have plenty of no, yeah, they got lots guys of talented no guys with no experience. Year, yeah, right? exactly. Uh, so, so it's got to be that kind of guy. But other than that, I'm just ready to roll. With, like, coach your young kids up. And there's another question that will kind of speak to why I feel that way, and 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 we'll save that for when that question comes up. Okay. Domer Grizz, proud dad here. My ten year old made his first career interception in a playoff game yesterday. How can we help him stay confident, but not thinking he's arrived as the next Ben Morrison, his hero? <laughs> Uh, just make sure you remind him of the four or five, six plays in the game that he need, he didn't do right. That's right. That's that's what my dad always did. My my dad would would let me, you know, hey, great job, son. Really, really nice play there. But uh, what what happened on that uh, that ball you threw over your first baseman head by ten feet? What what happened there? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, okay, all the time. And, then, and then coach you up. Right? It was never like meant to demean. It's just like that's how you stay humble. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's a great game, but uh, you, you can be better. You need to do better and. And uh, and just do it do it that way as well. Balancing Domer, that great job plus the other yeah. part was what. Domer here here here's how it always works with my kid, and like I said, he's a three sport varsity athlete. And what we always do, and and I miss it a little bit now that he's got his driver's license. But every time we would leave a game in the car, we that's our time to talk about the game. It's still fresh in everybody's mind. We talk about the game. I ask him what he thought about it, how he think he played you know, all of that. And then I ask him about certain things that he didn't bring up or I dig in a little bit more. And so it's about, it's the good, it's the bad. By the time we get home, we've already discussed the whole thing. We're good to go. And then he can go give his mom like the good positive highlights and all the fun stuff. Um, but that was like always our time to just really kind of go over. And I kind of put my, my coach hat on, to be honest with you. And we would kind of go over the game and like, Hey, what could you have done better here? Why did you do, what was, what were you thinking about when you, when you did that? And I don't mean that in a negative way, but like, what was your thought process when you did this? Or what did you see from your perspective? Here's what I saw. And they'd be like, no dad, this is what happened. It's like, oh, okay. You know, like that was our time to like break it down. And so it really scratched the itch of coaching for me, but it also, as far as like dad is concerned. So like when you get that routine, and I guess that's what I'm getting at. That was like our routine with how we did stuff. And so that's how you keep them humble, but you also praise them for the good stuff. So similar to what Brian was saying, but like that was always our routine. It was the drive home when we would all, when we would break all that down. Good stuff. All right. Brandon Plesner, we got your questions coming up now. He's got a two-part events. <laughs> all right, Brandon. After hearing Marcus Freeman's press conference today, do you feel more or less confident that the necessary changes or improvements on offense will be made? And then the second part was I was starting to feel confident until he talked about needing to be able to run into loaded boxes. And then of course we had the execution rationale thrown our way again. Well, I mean, you, you can say that, but it's absolutely 100% positively correct. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, we can say whatever we want about play calls and all that kind of stuff. And there's plenty to say. I'm not someone who's sure. like, Oh, the coaches, but like at the same time, if Chris Tyree catches that ball against Louisville, if Blake Fisher doesn't hit that guy in the face, on the 30 yard pass to Mitchell Evans. If you like, I could give you seven or eight plays where it's like, if you just do this simple thing, I'm not asking you to be like Superman or, you know, do something beyond just don't hit a defensive lineman in the face. When you've been taught since you started putting pads on, not to hit guys in the face when you're blocking, catch the ball that came your way. Those type of things. They win that game. Same thing against Ohio state, DJ Brown, pick off that pass. Ramon Henderson drive on that seam route. Like you're supposed to, you're at the goal line for a reason. Your feet are on the goal line because you are not supposed to take a step back. And what did he do at snap? Took a step back. That's why he didn't drive that seam route. Like, yes, I hated the call. 
But if you drive on the play and execute, guess what? It's a ball game. Mm-hmm. Right? These are Notre Dame players. We need to be able to say, hey, I don't like what this coach is doing, but like I've said this before, the third 19 play, hated the call, hated it, hated it, hated it. You're playing not to lose. We don't want to get beat on a, on a, on a goal ball. Try and have them beat your guys on a goal ball. You have the best corner tandem in the country. If they beat you on a goal ball, tip your cat to them. They're better than you are. It's as simple as that. Yep. However, we can, we can two things can be true at once. If Ramon Henderson does his job, just does his job, not Hercules, not uh, do your job, it's fourth and 19, or he may step in front and pick it off. But it's at the, at the very least, it's fourth and 19. Do your job. That ball should have never been caught because the safety is supposed to. You can't catch a ball at the two yard line, Vince, when your safety is playing at the goal line and you're at the you're at the twenty one yard line. That ball should have never been caught. So it's both. It's both. Coaching needs to get better and the execution needs to get better. And he said both. I mean, he spoke to both. And he also said part of it when it, with the execution thing wasn't so much the players need to execute. It's are you as a coach doing during the week what you need to do to get them in position where they can execute at a high level. That was part of it too. And so to me, uh, that's where I'm coming from, Vince, is, is, is that. But the other thing, I didn't take him as saying we've got to run into loaded boxes. I didn't take it that way. Um, so to me, I, I I didn't quite read it the way you did. I, yeah, he said we need to be able to run the ball, but he also said we need to be able to do something against loaded boxes. He started talking about being able to throw the ball and do something. I took it as he was saying against loaded boxes, they've got to do things to be able to beat it in different ways. I didn't take it as to him saying we needed to just keep running into loaded boxes. I, 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 that wasn't, I mean, I'll go back and list to it again, Brandon, but that's not how I took that, co- that comment. So, and then finally, Vince, I said all along, I don't care what coaches say at press conferences. I don't. It means nothing. I mean, Marcus Freeman, you think Marcus Freeman is going to go up there and say, Hey, look guys, we're going to go up there and light the, we're going to light up the skies against Pitt. If that's what they were going to do. No, you can't let Pitt keep thinking that they're going to see the offense you've run the last two weeks. But yeah. he did say we've got to be able to hit some some ball shots down the field. Why? Because you're playing a team that's going to play cover zero and cover four the whole game. That's why. You got to be able to hit the ball down the field, and that's really what it comes down to. So I didn't take his comments that way, Vince. I, did you get a chance to, to listen to him? I did not. I was setting up Halloween decorations in my yard, okay. so yeah. I was not. Okay. <laughs> I did not yeah, I just. I, I'm not. I'm. I. The, Brandon. I, I'm, in, I'm. Here's where I'm at. I'm in show me mode with the offense. I, I don't. I've had some conversations over the last week with with some sources, and then those things made me feel better. But okay, I need to see it now. Sure. Right? I need to see it. I need to see the things that you're talking about. Marcus Freeman talked today about we got to get Tobias Merriweather going, and and I and I talked to a source the other day that was like, we can't be the offense we want to be if we don't get. Tobias going. I mean, so there's at least people that believe that. Okay, now I need to see. It. I need to see them actually do it, and then I need to see it. Like Marcus Freeman's comment was great, Vince. He said this. He said, "Look, we've got to trust him, and and uh, to to not just the perfect play where he's wide open. We got to trust him with you know some 50-50 balls and see if he can go. I mean, and that's kind of what we've been calling yeah. for all year. So it was nice yeah. to hear him say that. And you know, again, you you put." You put only so much, uh, so much is into what a coach says, but like that's nice to hear him say that. That's great. Does that give me confidence he's going to do more? No, because I need to see it. I need to see them actually do that with their game plan, right. and I also need to see Tobias make those plays. Yeah, because the whole Tobias not making like I have beef with with how they didn't you do more to get him and Tyree involved early. 
to give them more time to get into the flow of the offense before Ohio State and Duke and Louisville and those type of teams, right? Like, that's a beef that I had. But I don't blame the Notre Dame coaches for why Tobias dropped two balls against Duke. I, I don't blame them for, you know, why why Tobias isn't, you know, necessarily getting off the line the way that I know he's capable of. Like, those things are all Tobias. You, sure. I'm not getting mad at them for, for you know, for, there are certain things that are under their control. And there are certain things the players got to step up and do a better job, yep. right? And and so it's both. And so they can say all they want, It's but we're in show-me mode, Vince, with this offense. And, th- and that's where we should all be. But I I just overall didn't take his comment the same way that you well, there's Yeah, there's a lot of things that they can do. And again, execution is part of it. But right. getting the outside wide receivers more involved is is crucial at this point, in my opinion. You've got four games left in the regular season. You need to get those outside guys part of the offense. Otherwise, you're playing with nine, essentially. And, I mean, that, it's, it makes it a lot easier to defend when you're playing with nine. Let's put it that way. Now, yeah. some of that is maybe they don't have the confidence that those outside guys are doing what they're supposed to do. But I'm telling you from watching the film, some of those outside guys, yes, there are sometimes that's the case. But there's also times that they're wide open. And so you need to be able to get them the ball. And you need to scheme to get them the ball and things of that nature. And they're not doing that currently can they yes so there it, it is a bit of an execution situation but it's also a game plan situation so it's it's mm-hmm. a little bit of both I, I i lay blame on both on both sides you know it's not right. that the outside guys are be. perfect right. every single time right. and they're just not throwing in the ball like well in in health has been a part of this too i mean marcus sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. jaden thomas was their best receiver in the spring he was the best receiver yeah. in fall camp and he it hasn't hurt. been able to practice in over a month yeah yeah, uh, you know, and and they've had several guys. Jaden Greathouse, I was told, practiced very little before the USC game. They had to play him because he was even in better shape than Jaden Greathouse. They, yeah, you know, so they were able to get healthy this week. They're feeling a lot better. I'm told from where they are there. Marcus Freeman said it today. This is the healthiest they've been in a while. I was Good. told that last week that that you know they let they gave some guys some rest that needed it they worked in some young guys but then the the young the guy the, the even guys like Jaden Thomas and Tobias and those kind of guys that were ba- Jaden Greathouse were battling hamstrings like they were in a better place with or at least Jaden Thomas and or Jaden Greathouse and Tobias were Jaden Great Thomas needed rest and he got it and so supposedly his body has responded well to that and he's ready to go you now let's see how they use him Right. Yeah. Like that's the other thing I need right. to see. And I'm going to have an article about this tomorrow, Vince, where in the premises, the receivers are really the key to the final stretch that they are. No, no yeah. group on the team holds that key more of, are they just going to win? Cause they're better. Are they going to right. go three and one? Cause they, 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 the offense struggles in the game and, and the defense has a, an off night or do they go four and oh and dominate? Right. The only way they go four and oh and dominate to me is if the receivers step up and that's part coaching, but it's also a lot of it's on them, Vince. You got to go make those plays. Yeah, you got to play with urgency. You got to play with some swagger. You got to play with some pride. Yep. And so it's both of them. And but yep. that group is going to be the key. And I heard some good things from Coach Freeman today about that. But again, okay, great. Uh, now I need to see it. If they yeah. tell me, hey, Tobias Merriweather is going to be our guy on Saturday. Oh, okay, great. I I want to see that. But all right, show me. Go, go do it. And then, hey, Tobias. All right, man. They're giving you that shot. Go make plays. Got to go make plays. As simple exactly. as that. Right. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'm looking forward to the final four games, though. I am. Hulk Strongest is Notre Dame secondary better than any other team on Ohio State's schedule. Regular season, yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and possibly the entire season. No, Notre Dame has a top five secondary. 
I would argue their cornerback tandem is number one. Their safety group is not as good, but they do what they need to do. Sure. And outside of a couple games, you know, a couple plays against Ohio State that they missed, but for the rest of the other game, the safeties against Ohio State were pretty good other than that last drive. And and so, yeah, it's a top five secondary in my opinion. Now, Penn State's is good. It's just not as good as Notre Dame's, but it's very good. Michigan's secondary is good. I don't I don't know that we know how good it is. They haven't I mean, played anybody. Yeah, exactly, Vince. I mean, they, they have not played a soul. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at their schedule now. I, I think the best defense they've played all year is Rutgers. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that's accurate. And now Rutgers is doing some nice things. They're six and two. And, but you know, again, they, they haven't necessarily lit the world on fire uh, either this year. I mean, offensively and, you know, they're averaging 28 points per game. Is Michigan playing anyone that's scoring over 30 points a game? Let me go check. Maybe UNLV. Let me check this real quick. I don't, I don't think that they are. The teams that Michigan have played this year, East Carolina is at 17 UNLV 35.7. Uh, Bowling Green's at 22, Nebraska's at 18, Minnesota's at 20, Indiana's at 18, and Michigan State's at 19. That's who they've played this year offensively. That is awesome. Right. And then Rutgers is at like 28. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. But, like, look at the pass offenses of the teams they've played. So, so let's go here. Pass offense. So, East Carolina ranks 120th. UNLV ranks 85th. Bowling Green ranks 123rd. Rutgers ranks 125th. Nebraska ranks 128th. Minnesota ranks 129th. Isn't this funny? Indiana ranks 102nd. And Michigan State ranks 82nd. So the best pass offense they've played all year ranks number 182 in all of college football. That's the best pass offense that they've faced all year. So do we have any clue, any clue at all, how good this team is nope. on defense. No, we don't. They haven't played anybody. And you look at this, the, the you know, yeah, they did a great job against against uh, Rutgers. I mean, it's uh, Michigan State. Well, against Michigan State, Michigan gave up 133 passing yards, 5, 4.6 yards per attempt. Great. That's the exact same number of yards and, and yards per attempt that they had against Rutgers. And it's less yards per attempt than they had against Iowa, but they threw for more yards because they threw 15 more passes, right? The last three games, that Michigan State offense, which is literally the best statistical offense that they have played all year in yards per game, has gone for 4.4, 4.6, 4.6 yards per per attempt. They went for 8.5 in the first game against against Central Michigan. They went for 13.2 against Richmond. And since then, they've been 5.9, 6.2, 4.4, 4.6, and 4.6. So let's see how they do when they play a real team. I'll just keep saying that. I want to see how they do against a real team because their schedule so far has been an absolute joke. And they intended it to be that way.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.